with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. to the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, Talk Radio's premier, first Jewish woman activist. I'm here to bring you the best from the Jewish world and to share from the non-Jewish world the best that you offer us, the Jews, because together we are stronger. We have a huge show tonight, but first, I want to welcome you into our extended family. We are now on over 80 stations, thanks to the Black and White Network. You can download us on a dozen more outlets to listen to, plus twice a week, Sunday nights, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, Tuesday nights, 9.30 Eastern Time. You can watch the entire show via video and see all the people that we are talking with, because you are part of the family. I'm not talking alone. And of course, they are all the headliners and trendsetters that you are interested in becoming familiar with and learn more about. We have a huge show tonight. And on my new show, As the Jewess Patriot, we have on two very well-known people that you know and you consider part of your team. They are Reverend Daryl Scott and Ed Henry, both very close to the 45th president, hopefully 47th president, Donald J. Trump. But now, welcome into my corner. And every week, because I am an education activist as well, I am going to be featuring a topic related to education because I am called almost daily, multiple times from other teachers, from parents and supervisors, taxpayers. Yes, taxpayers, because even if you don't have children in school, you are paying a lot of money for the failures of our American school system today. So we're going to talk about how to fix schools, whether or not they're private, public, charter, and even the homeschooling system, because schools are supposed to be the most comfortable and the most relaxed learning environment. And now they are the targets of terror. So stay tuned for Reverend Daryl Scott. And in between the interviews, I'm going to give you some information about education that you need to know this week, this month, and when you go to the polls in November. Nation's Finest is a nonprofit that's been dedicated to helping military veterans and their families for nearly 50 years. The COVID-19 crisis has hit homeless and low-income veterans hard. Through the VA's Supportive Services for Veteran Families program, Nation's Finest can assist veterans and their families who are struggling to pay rent and other housing-related costs. To get help, visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-GOT-YOUR-SIX. That's 833-468-9676. Prairie Street Prime is revolutionizing the luxury kosher experience by delivering Star Case certified, USDA Prime, high choice, and dry aged kosher beef, veal, and lamb right to your door. With culinary excellence, education, and community at the heart of our mission, we're demystifying kosher cuisine and empowering our community with innovative recipes and chef led tutorials that build confidence and foster fun in the kitchen. Our latest offering, dry aged beef, takes luxury kosher cuisine to a whole new level. You can currently get all of our rib-based beef and briskets dry-aged with additional products coming just in time for Passover. Each step in our process is thoughtfully curated and Star K approved to ensure your meat strictly adheres to kosher protocols. Order now at prairiestreetprime.com for delivery anywhere in the U.S. 
find us on Instagram and enter our dry age sweepstakes before Monday, April 4th, 2022 for a chance to win our four bone USDA prime 28 day dry age prime rib or our USDA prime 28 day dry age tomahawk. Prairie Street Prime is your luxury kosher experience. Joining us now is no stranger to anybody who supports President Donald Trump because this man was front and center so many of the successes of the Trump 45th presidency, whether or not it was uh, reform in the criminal justice system, uh, improving unemployment for minorities, you name it, Pastor Daryl Scott was there front and center. And he is still an advisor to the president. And we welcome him to the Cindy Grove Show. Hey, Cindy, how's it going? Good. We also happen to be personal friends, and I was lucky enough to work on the National Diversity Coalition for the 2020 campaign uh, with Pastor Scott. So I'm just happy we're having this reunion on the radio show. I am, too. It's always good to talk to you, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the invitation. Well, we have so much to discuss. Our world is falling apart. I can't believe it's falling apart so quickly. I remember partying and celebrating with you in Washington, in New York, in Florida, all all over the country, discussing the successes of the Trump uh, presidency. Tell us what your thoughts are now as we are almost two years into this mess. Well, I mean, everyone, well, I say everyone, I'm saying everyone on the right, we knew that the Joe Biden administration would be bad. We did not know it was going to be this bad. I mean, to be quite honest, he's taking us uh, on a journey that we never expected to go on. We, we knew it would be bad. Once again, I didn't know it would be this bad. He's taking America in a direction that we didn't anticipate. And um, the entire country is just, you know, and it's almost to the point where we're getting numb to it. Because, you know, when you look at the things like the gas prices and the food shortages and the, now the baby food uh, the babies can't eat, and uh, the, our lack of respect internationally is foreign policy, is domestic policy. It's just everything seems to be in a in a state of flux. Everything is in a mess right now, and so we're as Americans, we're strong people. We're trying to adjust the best we can, but every time we get adjusted to one thing, it seems like it's something else we need to adjust to. So exactly. you know, it, it, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride, but it's mostly down. <laughs> so I have I, I, this is something that I talk about a lot with a lot of candidates, a lot of uh, voters, and that is the disrespect of the Democratic Party towards Black men. And it's something that you, as part of the Trump administration, worked so hard in building morale, jobs, family values. Tell us what you think is going on in the Democratic Party that they seem to insult the Black men. Well, the Democratic Party is just continuing to do what it has always done and put party over principle and party over people. And so if um, if uh, being unmindful of the concerns or the plights of Black America uh, furthers their agenda, they don't have a problem. Uh, doing it. They're putting, once again, it's almost, we, I mean, we accuse them of being communistic in their activity. And with the communists, a party is always state before person. And so it seems as if they're putting party before people, party before principle. And as long as it furthers and advances the party, and as far as what they think furthers and advances the party, that's what their priority is. And uh, if, if Black people and Black men are simply casualties or uh, collateral damage, so be it. Well, they certainly destroyed the Black-Jewish relationship. And I know that was something that you and I talked about for many years during the Trump presidency. There was no better president for the Judeo-Christian values than President Donald Trump. And there was no better president for minority communities than President Donald Trump. I think, though, what is good is that I see a record number of minorities running on local, state, and national levels of government for November elections. And I think that's very good for the party. What are some of your thoughts? And who are some of the candidates you were looking at? Well, um, I think a lot of people have stepped up to the plate and been encouraged because of the prior administration to say, listen, if this clown can be a congressman and if that clown can be a senator, 
then I can too. <laughs> and people are being emboldened to stop. You know, we used to we say it all the time. Don't don't cry about it. Be about it. And so a lot of people are saying, "Listen, I'm going to step up to the plate. I think I can offer positive solutions to the uh, issues confronting at least my personal environment or my district or wherever. And I think I can be effective in that area. And they've been emboldened to run for office, whether they're minorities or not. They have disqualified themselves. And um, you know, I, I I involved myself in a few. Uh, candidacies around the country, but in the primaries, I temper my um, participation. I'll give you an example. In Ohio, I knew all of the candidates, and I was actually friends with all of the candidates. And, um, you know, Jane Tempton was a friend of mine. Josh Mandel was a friend of mine. Mike Gibbons was a friend of mine. Uh, J.D. Vance was a friend of mine. So I tempered my um, support my public support of these candidates simply because we were all friends and I didn't want to go after or attack or harm any of the others in case they want. I don't like giving the, the other side ammunition to use against us. I think in some of these candidacies and some of these primaries, we need to temper our attacks on each other because it can give the uh, left opposition, uh, it can give them ammunition against us going forward. I remember in the Democratic primaries for president, Obama personally intervened and said, you guys stop being so vicious with each other because you're giving the Republicans ammunition to use against us. But, you know, in some of these Republican primaries, phew, they're going after, they're hitting below the belt. They're going beyond the pale. They're trying to literally destroy people's entire future rather than just defeat them in in a primary. I can't agree with you more because I'm in New York and we have a very tough uh, primary here, not to mention that they uh, redistricted congressional seats and state Senate seats. But we have your friends, Lee Zeldin. You have Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino, who voted for Trump twice. And you have the only person that's questionable Trump is uh, Harry Wilson. But I think that the three of any of them is better than what is going on in New York right now. New York is coming in number 50. And I totally agree with you. When people ask me, I say any one of them is better and just make sure you get out and vote. Yeah. Well, I have to be honest. My personal preference is Andrew Giuliani. He's a a friend of mine and I'm loyal to my friends. And so in in that race, Andrew is a guy that I, uh, I support. Uh, but I'm not going to attack or vilify any of the other candidates. I simply would say that I think Andrew is the guy that if I was voting in New York, that's the guy I would vote for. Oh, so Andrew got an endorsement right on the Cindy Gross well, show. It's a, right it's a sideways backhand <laughs> endorsement. It's, a, it's, an, it's an indirect endorsement simply because Andrew and I are friends, you know, and, and, and that goes a long way with me. I mean, when he was working in, uh, D.C. Every time I went to Washington, which was a lot, I made it a point to stop by his office and 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 kick it a little bit with my friend, you know, and and so that that's a difference maker for me. Well, you talk about that. I could tell you that not a lot of people are so aware of how, just how close Andrew and the, worked with the president for a long time. It wasn't just like six months. It was for years. And he was really one of the confidence in so many ways. I think that's why, as of today, President Trump is staying out of this race. Yeah, but Andrew, once again, he worked in the Trump administration and I always went over to his office every single time. I can't think of a single time I went to DC and I didn't stop in to see Andrew Giuliani. And nothing but to shoot the breeze and bust each other's chops. And, and you know, if he wasn't, if he wasn't in his office that day, I'd trash his desk a little bit and, 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 and or take pictures of selfies of myself sitting in his chair with my feet up on his desk. Just, that's the kind of friendship we have. We have a buddy-buddy friendship. And um, plus, not only that, I think he's qualified to do a good job. But yeah, he worked very closely with the president. And uh, he was actually a regular golf, par- golf partner of the president's as well. Tell us a little bit what you are doing now. We don't see you as much as we used to. Tell us a little bit what is going on in the life of Pastor Daryl Scott, because we know behind the scenes, he is definitely working to make sure we have a Republican House and Senate in November. Oh, yeah, I'm working with a lot of, I mean, I, I keep my hand 
to the plow. Um, you probably don't see me as much. I have my own television program that comes on the Real America's Voice Television Network every Saturday at 7 p.m. But um, you don't see me a lot. A, a lot of people, you, you know, I try to be honest in in, in my in my dialogue, and um, a lot of people don't like some of my honesty because I say a lot of things that might go against the grain. You know, I'm on the right. Uh, but I will. I have no problem criticizing the right when I think the right deserves criticism. I try to be fair in my criticism. And, you know, the Bible says a false balance is an abomination. I try to do as the Bible says, judge righteous judgment. And if I think the right is wrong in a number of respects, I have no problem calling it out. And a lot of people would think, well, you should shut up. You should not say anything. But I, because of who I am, I have to. But um, I'm working with a, a lot of different things. I'm working with a lot of our people behind the scenes. Uh, I talk to the president uh, pretty regularly. And, um, you know, when they call me, I'm here. Uh, you know, I still talk with a lot of my friends. I just haven't been as visible as I was in the past. Because to be quite honest, a lot of things they would call and ask me to weigh in on, I just didn't feel like weighing in on them. <laughs> and you know what? That's that's the way it really should be. Not everybody is an expert on every single issue. And sometimes right. it's better to just work on what you know best like for me it's education i could do that but budgets i'm not the one to call for finance so i totally understand it let me say this and you know cindy you're a friend of mine i have to be honest to a fault if you're only calling me to weigh in on quote-unquote black issues or or race matters i'm bigger than that and and you know call me about some things other than black stuff. And I got, I'm going to be honest, I got tired of doing the black stuff all the time. And especially when a lot of times the right will want me to be critical of the black community. And I wasn't going to do it. I'm not, just, I mean, I'll criticize what criticism is due, but I'm not going to ignore some obvious things for the sake of uh, uh, party opinion. I couldn't and agree I was with you outspoken in my opinions on regarding George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, different things like that. And uh, a lot of people didn't like my opinions, but it was my opinion nonetheless. And so uh, I couldn't, I can't, you know, Shakespeare said in one of his plays, to thine own self be true. And I have to, I have to lay my head on my pillow at night and tell myself that I was at least being honest with myself, if, if, if not honest with everybody else. And so I got tired of just simply being the black dude on the right that has to weigh in on something black to reinforce whatever negative black opinions that the right has about black people. Don't, don't call me only about the killings in Chicago. Don't call me only if a black person does something wrong. I got tired of that stuff. And so I stopped, I stopped taking some of the uh, invitations. So I totally get that because every now Jews are calling me about the Jewish Jews and Republicans. And I have to tell you, we recently had a horrible uh, situation, a shoot, mass shooting in Buffalo, and it was a white supremacist who was racist and anti-Semitic. And I keep telling people that, you know, the Democratic Party did not become the party of hate overnight or even in three years. It took a couple of decades that it was able to manipulate. And our job as Republicans is to make sure that our party does not become that party. And we have yeah. to be honest and call out those that don't stand with Donald Trump's ideas and agenda, America first, save America, because there was nobody who actually tried to unite everybody, whether or not it was black, Hispanic, moderate Arabs who believe in America first, who live here legally, Jewish Young, old, anybody. And that's what we need in our party. And I couldn't agree with you more. Any closing thoughts or anything you want to share with our audience before we end? I just want to publicly express my sympathy for the victims of that mass shooting in Buffalo. It's horrible. These people went shopping that day. And they didn't think or they didn't realize that it would be the last day or the last hour or the last minute or the last seconds of their life. They were innocents going about their business. And I think it's horrible how we immediately began to politicize it. The left began to attack. The right began to defend and counterattack. And it seems like the innocents are being ignored. Um, the right 
rushed more to defend Tucker Carlson and Fox News than they did to extend sympathy and condolences to the victims. I found that disheartening. We're supposed to be the party that values human life. We could at least say, hey, I'm sorry for what happened. My condolences, our sympathies toward these victims. I have seen no statements at all coming from the leadership of the right expressing condolences for the victims. They're simply expressing outrage or defending the reputation of a Tucker Carlson or a Fox News or whatever. And I find that a little bit disheartening. And so I want to extend my sympathies and my condolences to those, to those victims and the families of those victims. And I, will, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I blame the education system because in shooting after shooting, we are finding out that our education system is filled with so much bias and prejudice and failure because of the power of a teacher's union, that education is a nonpartisan issue that needs bipartisan support. And it's one way we can unite everybody together if used in the right way. I totally, totally agree with you. I sympathize with you and your community. And it's our community because it's our community, whether or not it's Black, uh, hate crimes are Jewish or Asian or whatever. A hate crime, death and violence affects every single one of us. Where can our audience reach out to you? Um, I mean, I mean, on social media. Um, uh, what am I at? Pastor D. Scott, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my church is New Spirit Revival Center. You can go to our website, uh, nsrcministries.org. And uh, or they can just call you, Cindy, and then you can you can get it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I have to tell you, as a religious Jewish woman, sometimes on Tuesday nights, I sometimes head to Facebook, watch the lives with you and your lovely wife. So inspiring, so much fun. And if you want to learn about what's going to make uh, America and the world a success, follow Pastor Scott and how he relates to his family, the respect of his grandchildren, his wife, his congregation members. That's what it is really all about. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I got to run. You and I will talk later on today. Yes. Thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show. God bless you. We believe in patriotism. We believe in our nation's youth. We believe veterans earn their benefits through their service to our nation. We believe in a strong national security. We believe in our country. For 100 years, veterans have been impacting our nation through the American Legion, and we believe it makes a difference. If you believe, learn more at legion.org slash we believe. Kosher CBD is a kosher-certified CBD company with something for everyone. We have Star-K and CRC of Williamsburg certified on all of our products. CBD is derived from the hemp plant. However, there are no psychoactive effects. Why use kosher CBD products over any other brands? Quality is key. We work with a factory that has a patented formula that creates the best gum that's most enjoyable to chew. Our CBD products are all made using U.S.-grown organic pure hemp. It is purely and properly extracted and lab-tested to ensure sure we are offering the best quality. We are proud of the research we put into sourcing the highest quality products. We have four product lines. CBD line with both gums and mints. Immunity pack, gums and chewable tablets. Focus, an incredible product that combines CBD, caffeine, and theanine in the trifecta effect of focus. And pure full spectrum CBD oils. We have four strengths so everyone can reap the benefits of CBD. Visit our website at koshercbd.com and our Instagram handle, CBD official. Use code Cindy10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. Welcome back. In today's education corner, we're going to talk about what is a weapon in school? After all, the Democrats and now the rhinos are talking about gun control and it's all about guns. Well, let me tell you, it's not about guns. If somebody wants to attack someone, they will find any what way to use a pencil, to use something from the lunchroom, even a toy gun as a weapon. Our schools are filled with weapons every single day. And this has been going on for decades. 
You see, it's a school's responsibility to report and investigate incidents involving violence and the use of weapons like a toy gun, like a pencil, even an exacto knife they use in math and science classes. Let's be realistic. If someone is angry enough, they will do anything to prove their strength by using violence. And that's against students, teachers, supervisors, lunch aides, and anybody else who is in the realm of where they are. But let me tell you what happened in my situation. My lunchroom was a war zone. And every day, second graders used to come in fearing going to the lunchroom, begging me to have lunch with them. One day, one of these students who had anger issues and issues that needed to be addressed but were ignored by the guidance counselors and their parents and the supervisors came to school with a toy gun. And what did he do at lunch? He put it to the heads of multiple second grade students. We're talking seven-year-olds and told them things like, I want to kill you. I want to blow your brains out. I don't like you. The lunch aides were told they did nothing. They came to me crying. I made them write student statements. Even some of the parents complained. You know what happened? I was called a liar. An arbitrator, a hearing officer paid for by the teachers union, said a toy gun is just a toy for seven-year-olds. And I over-exaggerated. I over-exaggerated the fear of the students. I over-exaggerated the threat. And I over-exaggerated the violence, even though this student had a history of three years of violence in the school, and he's only seven years old. Do you know when you go through, and I'm showing you this, if you could see it, jet blue, they actually ask you on immigration, are you carrying a toy gun? That's right. This happens to be a form for the state of, I'm sorry, for the country of Trinidad. Many of the students I taught and live in the community have family in Trinidad. You walk around the streets where I taught and you could buy roti. So this was not foreign to a lot of the students I taught. But when the teachers union pays for an arbitrator $1,400 a day to sit and play with a pencil as he's pretending to listen and actually threaten students with his decision-making. That is why you have incidents like Uvalde and Sandy Hook and Parkland, and there's going to be many more because We have to redefine weapons. It's not a gun. It's the mental health of somebody and how angry they get and what they find to physically harm and kill someone. You don't have to be a Republican to understand this. This past week, I met with parents in the same school that I'm suing for over 20 years because they read my lawsuit and they want to know what is going on in the school 20 years later. It's the same thing, verbal abuse, physical abuse, and emotional abuse. Why is this school open? Why is this being allowed? And where are the elected officials? Well, the elected officials are endorsed by the U of T who are in the community. So it's all tied together. Tell me what you think and tell me what you think are some of the weapons being used in your school because together we will make a difference. I especially want to hear from independents and Democrats because we all know we will work together for safety, for 
also getting services to those who need them. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe. Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Joining us now is such a familiar face. Most of us could not get up in the morning without that smile and without <laughs> his journalistic and commentary uh, words of wisdom that led us through victory in 2016 and some questions of 2020. He's back now on his own TV show he's going to talk about and with his best-selling book all about Jackie Robinson any of you have seen the headlines recently, you know how that woke uh, baseball, especially in New York. Ed Henry, thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show. Cindy, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. We had the pleasure of meeting several times in better days. The world was much better. Our level of trust in our president was much better. And I'm so happy that you have now your own show on Real America's Voice. Tell us a little bit about that and how it came about. Well, it came about at CPAC almost as a pop-up show. My co-host Karen Turk and I were toying around with doing a new kind of morning show on Real America's Voice. You can find us on Pluto TV, which is an app on your phone, Roku, Apple TV, we're on Dish Network, uh, all kinds of different streaming options. And at CPAC, we just sort of organically came on the air. And what I remember is... Uh, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp had something very interesting, uh, which is that their slogan, if you will, at CPAC uh, was awoke, not woke. Uh, and in many ways, I think that has dominated politics this year, that, that notion that the Democratic Party, the left in this country, has moved so far into woke politics that they took their eye off the ball in terms of what James Carville used to talk about when I first started covering politics and Bill Clinton. It's the economy, stupid. So they're, they're out there talking about putting urinals in women's restrooms. Uh, they're out there talking about men can get pregnant. Uh, they're out there talking about all of these things that mainstream America can't fathom that their kids are actually being taught in schools. And meanwhile, inflation is out of control. Your paycheck may be up a little bit, but it's being eaten up by gas prices, food prices. And oh, by the way, uh, those are high food prices if you can get your hands on food. Uh, there's now concerns about shortages, um, the baby formula crisis. Did you ever think that in America, we would have a hard time finding formula for our kids? Uh, this is absolutely absurd. Uh, it's a supply chain crisis. It's an inflation crisis piled on top of an, a border crisis. I mean, uh, the fact that illegal immigrants are getting the baby formula when middle America is not, uh, there are so many comparisons to be made uh, that are not favorable for Joe Biden. Uh, and I like to say on our morning show, <clears throat> if only somebody had warned us about this, if only there had That's been right. some person out there telling us that this might happen. And you know, and you're smiling because there was a person, his name is Donald Trump. And he lives right around here where I am in Palm Beach, Florida. And so we set the show here. We call it American Sunrise because we don't think that people want to hear about all the bad things about Biden alone. They also want to hear about how we're going to come back. Uh, they're interested in America being restored to greatness, whether you call it make America great again, or you just think about Ronald Reagan in 1984 in that shining city on the hill. Um, you know, we went through um, energy crises and inflation crises and interest rates close to 20% under Jimmy Carter in the late 70s. And we may be headed to some of that now. And so it was about a comeback that Ronald Reagan tapped into. And frankly, that, that's what I think Donald Trump is headed for in 2024. Well, I have to tell you, five years ago, when I started act, um, activism with the fighting the Iran nuclear deal, and I said to people that we are living in pre-Holocaust times, they laughed at me. Hmm. Turns out... I'm not even hearing the word now inflation. I'm starting to hear the word depression. That's yeah. where people are forecasting things. $10 gallons of gas. Schools, I have the longest running lawsuit against Randy Weingarten. I'm the teacher domestic terrorist that they're trying to do everything against. 
I have the I have the obstruction of justice in my court system and from my the transcripts of evidence. I know yeah. all about the corruption in schools. You have to laugh. You had the Met Gala where everybody was eating and drinking and maskless. And days after, they were talking about having masks at proms until parents made a big uh, sting about this. Yeah. We're hearing now that we're going to have masks on in September. Isn't it convenient to have another crisis with health issues September when it's primary and close to general election time? Yeah, I think there's deep concern uh, that uh, what the government wants to do, what the Democrats in power want to do, House, Senate and the White House, uh, is to move towards even more mail-in ballots like we saw in the presidential election, uh, because that may have been how they won. Uh, I saw the movie 2000 Mules. I, I, I'm, I'm certain that you're familiar as well. Uh, there are millions of people who have seen it, but I think there's millions more that need to see what really happened uh, in the last election. Uh, and you're reminding me as well about uh, when you're talking about being treated like a domestic terrorist by Randy Weingarten. There's another example of what I was trying to say at the top uh, about how people now may be awake, not woke, as CPAC said. They're awakening to the fact that parents were being treated like second-class citizens. It it took Glenn Youngkin in the Commonwealth of Virginia last year uh, to say, wait a second, Uh, we need to be standing up. We need to let parents dictate that it's not CRT being taught in the classroom, uh, that it's it's not all about transgender rights, that we need to be a humane people. Uh, But when you look at libs of TikTok, right, Uh, and this person who has been exposing Teacher after teacher that's supported by Randy Weingarten, who go, these teachers go on social media and mock the parents, as you know, uh, and basically say, look, I'm transgender or I'm gay, and I'm trying to indoctrinate these kids, just as Disney and some of their executives admit their stock is down in the Again, we should be a humane people. We should be open uh, to people having rights. We should be open, of course, um, to um, different lifestyles. Uh, But the idea that there is um, this movement in the country where Randy Weingarten uh, shut down the schools, first of all, um, to protect the teachers and had no concern back during COVID about what about the kids and the mental health problems they would have long term by being uh, stuck at home uh, and not in the classroom, not interacting, uh, number one. And number two, I think something else big happened, Cindy, which is what Randy Weingarten accidentally, it's like this boomerang, by forcing kids out of the classroom to protect the teachers and not really concern, be concerned about the kids. Parents like you and I saw at home through Zoom what our kids are being taught because the classroom was converted from the school to our spare bedroom or our living room or the kitchen table. And as they sat on a laptop, like we're having this conversation now and learn through Zoom, we would either be standing right there or walking through the room saying, what are you being taught? And Randy Weingarten didn't realize as the teachers union president that by putting the classroom back in the home, they led a lot of people, first of all, to go go into homeschooling. I know a lot of people down here in Florida who saw what was being taught on Zoom and, and, and decided right. to homeschool their kids. But secondly, it made parents, again, be awoke, not woke. And there, there's a great awakening in this country. And the fact that the Attorney General of the United States called people like you and I domestic terrorists because we're parents who care about our children and what they're taught. It tells you everything you need to know about the Biden administration. I'm not a domestic terrorist parent. I'm a domestic terrorist teacher for over a decade. And even still, whatever you are saying, I pointed this out. I I pointed out how union members, union representatives were breaking state and federal laws and it's still going on. And they pay for the arbitrators in these cases. They pay for the attorneys. It's a no-win situation unless people start to fight up. I will say in Virginia, it was successful. New York recently had school boards. This was the first time there was such a big grassroots effort from parents and not one of the uh, parent-endorsed candidates won because the teachers' Mm -hmm. union spent endless amounds of money fighting them. And That's disheartening. 
It is. Even in areas that are red, like your former neighborhood, where we have to say um, we are seeing areas in blue states that are turning red in local elections and state elections and national elections. You're covering a lot of the elections. What are you seeing is the trend of the voters coming out? Well, number one, I want to point out, I'm from New York. You're talking about New York, one of those blue uh, states that has a growing number of red voters, if you will. We know there have been pockets on Long Island and in upstate um, where there have been local elections where Republicans have been coming back on an America First agenda. It's very hard to get one of the Senate seats. It's very hard uh, to get the mayor's uh, office in New York City. Uh, Democrats, do- Democrats dominate. Uh, but when I look at I covered Bill de Blasio a bit when I was at Fox and I had him on one of my shows um, and some of his policies were crazy. And I pressed him on the bail reform, as he called it, where he was putting people out on the streets and somehow he he thought that was a good idea. Look how tragic that can play out where this gentleman is gunned down in cold blood on a Sunday, not three in the morning on Friday night in a bad neighborhood, in the middle of, of a safe area of Manhattan at, I think, 1140 a.m. Uh, on, on a Sunday That's recently. Um, there's a, a Goldman Sachs uh, engineer background guy who, because of Joe Biden's economy and the gas prices and the people who got paid to not work, there's less and less Uber drivers, for example. So there's surge pricing. He normally took an Uber to the brunch or whatever he That's was right. headed to. That's right. I was going to bring that but up. He couldn't afford it. And so he went to the subway, which was cheaper. Guy guns him down. Most important part of the story beyond the tragic nature of his death uh, is the fact that the man, it took them a couple of days to find, to track down this killer. He had 19 or 20 arrests, That's prior right. convictions, assault and, and lars- grand larceny, all of these things. And so the policies that de Blasio put in place that have been disastrous, Eric Adams ran on a platform of, I'm a former NYPD guy. I get it. I'm going to be a different kind of Democrat. I never thought I'd say this. He's worse than de Blasio. I knew it all along. And this I blame on the state GOP. They don't pick candidates. Why aren't they having real candidates against Chuck Schumer when people are so angry here? What about Letitia James, who who ran and is abusing her office to not care about the taxpayers, but to get revenge on Donald Trump? Let's go after Donald Trump. The only thing I'd say to that, the only thing, and you and I agree on a lot, but I disagree with you about the Schumer race because I know Joe Pinion. And when I was on Fox and Friends, we had him on a lot. And I th- I'd like to tease him that we kind of built him up. He's a black conservative, America first policy. Look, he's got an uphill battle against Chuck Schumer. I agree. But he's a he's a great guy. He's a New Yorker. Uh, he's out there fighting. He's trying to raise the money. I, I understand your criticism maybe of the party. Uh, the New York GOP better wake up and figure out how to get the resources together. But you got someone like Chuck Schumer. I've talked to Joe. I've had him on my show on Real America's Voice. And what Joe Pinion keeps saying is, I mean, you've got Schumer, who hasn't gotten a lot done for Joe Biden. What he has gotten done has made inflation and these other things worse, has made us less energy independent. For example, you go through the whole list, has not done anything on the border crisis. That's what a lot of Republicans think. Then you've got the far left Democrats like AOC who can't stand Schumer and think that he's not crazy enough. She's actually made him more woke than ever because he is petrified of her doing something against him. Exactly. So he's getting squeezed by the right and the left. And then what Joe Pinion points out, and I don't want to focus just on this one race, but I think it's important because the midterms, it's going to be so rough for Democrats. Um, the, the independents in the middle, they don't like Schumer either. He's only at like 30, 40% of the independents. So what I like to wonder is, how do Democrats keep dominating states like New York? Is it because the local parties throw their hands up and say, we'll never win, and they don't really fight as hard as they should, like Donald Trump does? I say that because if you look at not just Virginia last year, but New Jersey in that governor's race, which was a lot closer than anyone predicted. And you have to wonder if the RNC and others had gone all in, you might have seen Phil Murphy thrown out. And I think the same for New York, where I grew up. I think the Republicans have given up on it too easily. Uh, I will tell you what it is. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but we're both Trump supporters. I'm going to say it. The establishment 
county committee people, a lot of them are worried more about their nepotism in their jobs and their pockets locally and their local businesses than about the long-term effects this has on the nation. Donald Trump ran fighting that. They still are fighting him. It's, they're fighting him everywhere in every primary. That's why we have a record number of primaries, because yeah. the vote is actually coming out who are for, first time, maybe even young, old people that are disgusted, that don't want the establishment that like Donald Trump's policies and want his agenda. They're not the establishment parties who make the deals from both parties. Yeah, well, shame on those local officials, because if you go into the VFW hall and say Astoria, Queens, where I was born, or out in Deer Park, Long Island, where I grew up, I suspect that the average guy at the bar, the average woman at the at the Target store or, you know, a Deer Park ravioli on Route 231, where we used to go to get our uh, Italian food. Um, I bet you that man or woman, many of them, not every single one of them, but many of them are America first. Uh, want to love Donald Trump uh, and these local officials who want to kind of push Donald Trump off the stage, maybe to feather their own nest and focus on themselves are missing out uh, on, on a lot because your average guy, the, 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 the forgotten man, forgotten woman that Donald Trump talked about in 2016 is out on Long Island paying ridiculous taxes, facing big government regulations on their small business. And I bet more often than not, they're a Trump supporter. Well, let's put it this way. I'm working directly with one of the camp uh, people that heard Trump and read Donald Trump's tweets about he wants to uh, primary what the 13 that went against him that yeah. went for the January 6th investigation right in Deer Park. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And it is really going around all over the country. Where can our audience find you besides your show? Tell us where we can see you on the show. So, so um, the show is streaming live every morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, americasvoice.news, uh, americasvoice.news. We stream it live for free. We get paid through the ads on Roku, on a Pluto TV, Apple TV, um, Google, <clears throat> Amazon Fire, all of those streaming parts. If you have cable through Dish Network, we're on there as well. And if you have a Samsung TV, we stream there as well. You can find me on Truth Social at Ed Henry. You can find me on Getter at Ed Henry, uh, on uh, on Twitter at Ed Henry, on Instagram at Ed Henry TV. And you mentioned the book, New York Times. Best, I wanted best, to uh, ask, I said, one yeah, last question about fan. the book. Tell us a little bit about Bezos, because, you know, people think Republicans are only about politics. This is a great book, great history, and it's about somebody that has nothing to do with politics. Tell us about the book. Well, I got involved in in researching. It took me about 10 years to research and write the book because I had a day job and I was busy, but I had a passion to track it down. And I had gotten a tip about how Jackie Robinson's Christian faith had really informed him that his he had a very quiet faith about him. And that was what helped uh, sustain him <clears throat> when people said these awful words about him, the N-word and other things as the first black player breaking the color barrier in 1947. Um, and so I think, you know, whether you're Catholic, whether you're Jewish, uh, whether you're white, whether you're black, you face obstacles in your life. And this is someone who rose above it with great courage raised by a single mom uh, and did not, unlike the CRT uh, and the wokeism, where I tie it in is if you're Jackie Robinson and you're one of several kids where your mom is, you know, you're born on a plantation in Georgia, your mom, the husband uh, leaves. So you're left alone with these kids and you put them on a train and you go from Cairo, Georgia to Pasadena, California, because you have a, uh, you know, a half brother, I think, to help raise them. And you go all the way across the country in the 1920s. And think about if you're a black family in the 1920s in America, you're not in the first class car on the train. Let's just put it that way. She had great courage. But you know what? His mom, Mrs. Robinson, didn't say, I'm black. I can't make it. Oh, I'm discriminated against. That's right. She instilled faith. In this case, it was Christian faith in her kids and said, you're going to make it. At some point, Jackie got involved with the gang. Uh, out in California. He was arrested a couple of times, kind of minor things, stealing fruit and that kind of thing. But the long story short is she said, you're going to make something of yourself. You're not going to use this as an excuse. And so now we have so many 
uh, in the woke culture, so many examples where, oh, you can't make it because of institutional racism and this and that. Think about Jackie Robinson in the 1920s, the kind of racism he faced. He did not let it stop him. And it's not because he had a CRT class that, that I can guarantee you. It's Absolutely. because he has a deep faith instilled by his mom and he worked his butt off, Cindy. That's how he became a Hall of Fame baseball player. And we know that you certainly made it and your mother told you that you're going to make it. And we are so happy you made it on to the Cindy Gross show. So, uh, Ed Henry, you are always welcome back. Update us with everything that you're doing, where you're going to be, if you're coming up to do live events. And, of course, everything for 2022 and 2024. We need you on American Sunrise. We're going to talk. So look for Cindy on our show on Real America's Voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Wasn't that a great show? I'm so glad you joined us for the Jewish Patriot with Cindy Gross. You can now download us through Deezer and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Jewish Podcast out of Jerusalem. And of course, you could always find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Plus, Through the Black and White Network, you can hear us and listen through all of their social media as well. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio. Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.